Welcome to Nature That's Last on the Progressive Radio Network. It's NBL on PRN.FM. This July 6, 2021 edition, episode 152 of Nature Bats Last, comes to you live from Rakino Island in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and also from southern Vermont in the not very United States. <laughs> this is Kevin Hester, and I'm again joined today by my co-host, Professor Guy McPherson. Today's show also includes our frequent guest host, Pauline Schneider. This, folks, is our last show. And we would love to have a conversation with our listeners. Please call us toll-free on 8888-744-888. I'll repeat that for you. 888-874-4888. Guy, you started the show back in August 2015. Will you kick us off with a little bit of history, please? Thank you, Kevin. First, though, an overdue thank you to the studio, to Gary Knoll, the founder, Richard Gale, his producer, engineers who do all the real dirty work, all the digging and plugging to keep this whole thing going, writer Helen, whose last name I can't pronounce, receptionist, all the people that I've interacted with over the years have been remarkably professional. It's been quite a run. And you, Kevin, literally saved the show from the dustbin when we moved to Belize. The telecommunications infrastructure in that Central American country was terrible. We had to visit a lodge and buy an expensive meal in exchange for a decent Wi-Fi signal just to call into the Manhattan studio. You were the solo host of Nature Bats Last from October 2017 until October 2018. I owe you a beer for that, maybe more than one. Yeah, okay, well, next week would be good. When are you drunk? <laughs> you know, just remember the days when we used to get on aeroplanes and fly around the world? Those were the days, eh? Yeah, those were the days. We thought they'd never end. <laughs> but we're back, apparently. Before we get too far down the road of our adventures and misadventures during the last three years, I'd like to provide a little history about the show. I was on a speaking tour in New York State, hosted by Pauline in Westchester County. This was April 2014. And on this particular trip to New York, I was scheduled to be interviewed by the founder of the Progressive Radio Network, Gary Null. This endeavor had us going into the studio on April 14, 2014. I remember the date because it was the day after Michael C. Rupert hosted his final episode of The Lifeboat Hour on this network. He committed suicide within a few minutes of signing off the air from his final show. Years earlier, he had evaluated Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's Five Stages of Grief. Kevin, will you introduce that clip, which was included in a blog post at kevinhester.live on January 20th, 2017? Yes, I will indeed. Um, the three of us have a very close and tight link with Michael Rupert. We admired him enormously. We were all heartbroken when we lost him. And one of the reasons why we lost Michael was grief. And in this clip that I'll, get, I'll ask the studio to play in a second, in this clip, uh, Michael talks about grief and, uh, as Guy said, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. The reason I wanted to have this clip play is... Very, very soon, we're going to have two billion very angry, very grief-stricken young people when the truth of the reality of our predicament sets in. 
and we need to talk about grief now. Studio, would you uh, play that clip for us, please? There was a uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who talked about the uh, five stages of grief. Uh, and when you're hit with an overwhelming, uh, life-changing situation, the first is denial. This can't possibly happen. It's not, it's not true. I, no, no, it's not happening. And you stay in denial and you fight to stay in denial. Then comes anger. I really believe that uh, mankind is now entering just barely, that it's just barely crossed the threshold of the anger phase. to get through the anger phase and how we get through that anger phase is going to be critical the way we're going under current government and monetary rule the only kind of anger that's going to be produced is the destructive kind born of absolute frustration and bitterness that nothing that's being sold to us as being a solution is making us feel any goddamn better then, of course, after that, you know, we have the bargaining. Well, the bargaining is kind of going on now, too. Maybe I could have done something different. Maybe I should have thought of this. Maybe if I do this now, it won't be different. Then you go through the, the bargaining, and you finally get to a place of depression where it's really starting to sink in. And these are all emotional stages that one goes through, whether they're an individual or a culture or a civilization. And the, and the final stage is acceptance. And it's really only when people reach the point of acceptance that you can find those people who are like part of the ones on the Titanic saying, okay, show us how to build a lifeboat. You know, there's different ways to look at, you can find stories that support arguments that you want to make just because there's different authors that sort of support your worldview and there's other ones that don't. Is it possible to sort of create um, a reality based on picking new stories that support your worldview. <laughs> I don't do debates anymore. And the reason why I don't do debates anymore is because I don't have to. At some point, you have to acknowledge the fact that uh, what I've been writing about and what I've been saying is actually happening all around us. So why do I need to debate anything? Why does the peak oil movement, why does the sustainability movement need to debate anything? Everything that we said was going to happen is taking place right now. Every aspect of human existence is on the table. As far as political parties go, they're all anachronisms. They're all products of centuries gone by. The human race now is only going to be concerned not with an ideology, but what allows them to survive. Capitalism, socialism, and communism are all terms that need to be tossed in the trash can immediately because all of them were created on the assumption of infinite resources. Not one of those ideologies that are now dead dinosaurs, archaic fossils, and no longer relevant to our way of life. Not one of them recognizes that there must be a balance between growth and the resources and the planet. 
So forget the idea that you can have as much as you want because until mankind surrenders to the fact that it lives on a finite planet and it must have balance with that planet, with the planet's resources, with the animal life and all the other life, there can be no happiness for anything. Anything. It's all about getting balance back. And who sold me the idea that it was my destiny to grow? Nothing grows forever. There's no such thing as infinite growth. It's not possible. Look around at everything you see around you that's living. There is a cycle. Birth, growth, maturation, decline, and death. The challenge being faced by the human race now is either evolve or perish, either grow up or die. God doesn't care. He's not, God's not going to play babysitter for us. The challenge is either you grow up and mature, change your minds and the way you think, or you're going to perish. Everything's on the table now. God is on the table. Every religion in the world is on the table now. They'll all be measured as standards by this is reality and this is what the religion says. And every religion in the world is going to be under huge microscope. This is going to be the greatest age of evolution in human thinking that's ever taken place. You walk towards your fear. You embrace your fear. You don't try to hedge it that a part of real living as a human being, as a spiritual being, is to embrace and encompass your fear, your love, and not run away from, from anything, because that's the life experience. And it's in, in that richness that I think we find the most beautiful art, the most beautiful music. We find the richness of what the human soul can offer. And I see all that richness buried under such bullshit. Can you talk about your own spirituality? You know, you talk about a lot of different religions. How do you define your own spirituality? I quote a Christian Saint Timothy, and I find it to be true what he said, <clears throat> that the love of money is the root of all evil. That's the end result of my spiritual intellectual quest. It is the end, it is the fundamental truth that I have verified through three decades of empirical, investigative, legal, uh, academic research, trying to answer some fundamental questions about human existence and why we behave the way we do, why we think the way we do, why we act the way we do. The love of money is the root of all evil, and it is the love of money which has the potential to exterminate, to render extinct the entire human race. Thanks to the studio. Thank you, Kevin, for that introduction. Starting in just a few minutes, we'll be taking your toll-free call. This is intended to be a celebratory discussion, a celebration of seven years on the air with the Progressive Radio Network. So please give us a call within the next few seconds at 888-874-4888. Tell us what you've liked. Tell us what you've disliked about the show. If you don't call in, we're we'll proceed to me telling shaggy dog stories. So <laughs> if you want to avoid that, worst of all possible fates, Please give us a call at 888-874-4888. Pauline walked into the studio the Monday after Michael Rupert's Sunday night suicide, and there we met Richard Gale, the producer of the Progressive Radio Network. We had barely said hello when Richard asked if I wanted to take over Michael's show, The Lifeboat Hour. I was shocked. 
After all, Michael had not been dead even 16 hours. Much later, I realized the mentality that is evident in every show business production, the show must go on. Within 20 minutes of making the offer to take over the Lifeboat Hour, Richard recanted, indicating that Carolyn Bacon would want to serve as host of the Lifeboat Hour. Instead, he offered me a show of my own. I went back to the homestead I created in rural New Mexico to think about how to proceed. I talked with my close friends, one of whom had encouraged me to initiate a radio show titled Nature Bats Last. And here we are, seven years later, with quite a few twists and turns along the way. We, we have no caller. Kevin, did you want to talk a little bit about the twists and the turns and the how you came to be a solo host of this show for a year or so? Well, I don't know how it happened. It just bloody <laughs> happened out of the blue. It was incredible how we ended up becoming such close friends, the three of us, from opposite sides of the planet, but on the same journey together and, and uh, being under the same level of assault to some degree or other. Mm. Because of talking about this subject, it's the cardinal sin. It's the most anti-growth conversation that you could have. And this whole culture is based on growth, like any bacteria. Yeah. Yeah, but Kevin, you, you jumped on and you took this like a champion and you steered this like the amazing skipper you are. And I think that, uh, I think people really appreciated, you know, the way you did it and, you know, the way you, you interview people and talk with them is so natural and just you really tap into the emotional part of this as well as the science part. So it's really, it's been wonderful to, uh, to, to share that and, and see you and see you do that. I'd like to mention a few highlights. The, the, the first show was broadcast on August 7th, 2014. So that's seven years ago next month which is why one of the reasons we decided to stop with broadcasting this show is we can now blame the seven-year itch. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like we do have a caller, Mimi, from Oregon, the Mimi we probably know who has been interviewed on this show, served as a guest a few times. So what do you have to say for yourself and for us, Mimi? Hey, well, I really wanted to call in to thank all of you and especially you guys for bringing truth to what's going on um, on our planet. You know, I mean, what an endeavor and what a um, fucked up backlash you've received and um, for bringing this truth. And yet you kept going. And I, for one, really appreciate knowing what I know because of you. And to Kevin for continuing it and writing your essays as well. Um, I appreciate those too, you know, just this massive endeavor to continue to push through all of the bullshit, you know, that like Mike Rupert was talking about to continue this discussion about what's happening. And, and there comes a time when, as Mike said, you don't need to debate it anymore. It's here. It's been here. And, fuck it. It's time to love, you know, and I love you guys. And 
just I have so much appreciation and love for all of you and for the work that you've put in. We love you too. Thank you very much, Mimi. We appreciate that. All right. Enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you very much. And if you no, spot right. another little bit of dead air, Mimi, just feel free to call us back. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, the Shaggy Dog stories will commence. <laughs> Mimi, you're an integral part of this. Um, you've been a guest on the show a couple of times, and you've supported me a lot over the years. So I'm really grateful for all the support from people like you. And there's lots of people in our community that have supported us morally and, and psychologically. And on this kind of journey, we need to have a crew. Don't go solo on this trip. Form a tribe, quit. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Tribalism is how we spent the first 320, roughly 315, 320,000 years of the human existence of Homo sapiens on the planet. And now is no time to walk away from that. We have another mm -hmm. caller. Stephen, I think you're calling from the Dakotas. Are you still with us? Stephen, go ahead. I'm Guy and Kevin. I just want to reiterate what Mimi just said. To thank you for all of your, your efforts over the years uh, to uh, keep us informed. I, I, I've kind of quietly uh, listened, I think, to or read almost everything that you showed up on YouTube or on the Internet. and. Um, I just want, I just found out about this being your last show and I, I, I really am appreciating the fact that you have done what you've done and I hope that you keep having an enjoyable time in the days and months we may yet have, have here left. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. That's much appreciated, mate. And we, we have another call, uh, Casey, would you like to chime in Casey or is, or, or is it Joey? <laughs> um, and guys, I, I really appreciate your commitment to the show over the years. Um, you know, former co-host Michael Sliwa, Pauline Schneider, and of course, Kevin Hester. Um, you guys have had a number of wonderful guests on your show. And I can tell you put an incredible amount of time and work into this. So I want to say thanks for that. Um, you mentioned the five stages of grief. And Guy, you're famous for adding a sixth stage um, known as Gallows Human. <laughs> Uh, yes, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I didn't know I was that famous, but at least four or five people know about it. Gallows humor is the sixth stage of five of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. I hear there's a seventh one too. There's a seventh one. There used to be a documentary film about it. It's called Fuck It, and it doesn't mean giving up. It means there are some things that are no longer worth doing. That our lives are short. It's time we acknowledge that. Apparently, the documentary has been removed from YouTube, but the idea still persists. You created Nature Bath Lats with one of the best theme songs ever, a song that I did not originally <laughs> like, but I even, I even wrote you an email saying how much I didn't like it, but it's really grown on me since then. Um, it's payback time, motherfucker. And uh, <laughs> if I can... <laughs> If I can go on here, I have a couple more things I want to say because you mean so much to me. Um, I hosted please, you at my please house. Do, but, for... but can I can I make a, a little comment there? Please. The please. the the theme song was pitched to me from a guy in South Africa, and that's where he gets his name, Afra Zen. He's a Zen Buddhist who's from South Africa. I've never met him, 
we were connected on Facebook for a while, but I dropped out of that project about a year ago, so I'm no longer connected with them. But what a beautiful song and how fitting. And another little bit of history, he wrote to me and asked if I wanted to use this song. He sent me the song, and he said, but don't, don't use it yet. Don't play it. I'm not done with it. And I said, it sounds awesome. Thanks. I'd love to use it. And then he sent back what he said was the improved version, but maybe my ears aren't that great. I couldn't tell any difference at all. <laughs> it was great the first time. It's great now. Go ahead, Casey. Indeed. Yes. Um, Guy, if you remember, I hosted you at my house here in Iowa for a speaking event that I helped to coordinate. And I wonder if it everyone, was that Casey. It's that Casey. And the rumor is true. I just, bought a gallon of ice cream and that's what you ate like the whole time you were there um, some of these stories so. we don't have to tell just to be I know, right <laughs> um anyway i found um your humor uh your gallows humor just very comforting to me um you shared a phrase with me which i will continue to use with other people uh that uh, describes our current situation that we're in a disaster pants clusterfuck <laughs> and, um, speaking speaking of gallows humor I, I do want to end with just one thing if i can share i got to meet benjamin the donkey at one of your speaking events and i hope he's okay with this i'd really like to read one of his limericks of doom do you think that would be okay i'm sure it would be yes for, for those who don't know benjamin the donkey has written a book called the limericks of doom you can find it on amazon um this this limerick is called hot 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 we're like frogs being boiled in a pot, and nothing will help a whole lot. With the mess we've now got, there's no way to do squat. It's going to be too fucking hot. <laughs> That's perfect. Anyway, Guy, you're always welcome in Iowa. I love you as a brother. I know we're kindred spirits. And uh, I love the very last part of your, your theme song, which is the loving planet is about to make a comeback. And that's really good news for the planet, not necessarily for humans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Casey, very much for all the work you've done. I should point also the, point out also that Casey did a wonderful job and did a, me a tremendous favor with video editing some of my videos. So thank you for that, sir. Yep, love you, guy. Love you, man. Uh, we have another caller. Susan, would you like to chime in, Susan? Hi, this is Susan from Western North Carolina. Can you hear me? Yes, hey. yes we can. <laughs> All right. Hi, Susan. Well, I just wanted to come on and, and thank you guys for your many years of dedicated service. Um, and say, uh, first of all, a correction to what Casey said. Benji has not one but two books called Limericks of Doom and Limericks of Doom 2. Um, and I did I did prompt him before the show to see if we could get him to call in and come on, and I don't know if he'll make it or not. Um, and, yes, I'm definitely at the fuck it stage. I skipped right over Gallo's humor. I'm not much for, <laughs> despite my support of Benjamin the Donkey, I'm not much on humor, but I'm definitely into the whole fuck it thing. And to me, that says not giving up, but just being more discerning about how we expend our energy in these final days. That's what it means to me. You know, fuck the whole crisis. Nothing we can do anyway. Let's do the best we can with what we've got. Or the way I like to put it is we're off the cliff. 
we're on our way down. I would rather go down in an empathic embrace rather than at each other's throats. So that's that's kind of where I stand on the whole doom um, platform. And um, as, and the way you Thank hold you, Susan. Their Seems feet, you're broken up there. The way you hold what? The way you hold your their signals. feet to the. I'm sorry. Your your signals go really bad. Go ahead. I say I've really been impressed with the caliber of your guests and the way you hold their feet to the fire. You don't let them get away with any bullshit, and I really, really appreciate that. What I don't like is the dependence on this obsolete technology, particularly PRNFM. They are not my favorite um, platform. And that's about all I have to say. Um, best of luck to you and your future endeavors. Thank you very much, Susan, for that Alrighty. wonderful series of comments. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, Ashley, would you like to chime in, Ashley? I would love to. Hi, guys. Ashley, I've been following you guys as long as this has been on the radio station. I've been When I first found all this information, I was blown away. Seeing how I'm a bit younger than most of my counterparts, and I had been recognizing these things and following them, and I had been alone on that journey for a very long time until I found all of you, and I wanted to thank you, and I wanted to be here for the last day uh, and express my appreciation for all of your guys' hard work and dedication. Thank you, Ashley. I put those books in the mail to you today. So we are so thank excited. Thank you very much for your interest. David, are you still on the line with us? And if so, can you please comment? Um, it's interesting what Susan just said about how she plans on expending her energy, because that's what I was interested in, what everybody was going to be doing after this afternoon's proceedings, which really couldn't take place without all this technology and stuff. Um, were we just going to sit down like Quig Quay on the Pequot and wait for the end, or, or what's going on? I, I don't, I'm confused. <laughs> Kevin, will you take the first shot at that, and then Pauline can weigh in as the techno master of this particular universe? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's uh, nearly 7.30 in the morning here. Uh, we'll be ending the show at the hour, and then I will... Burn more hydrocarbons by having another hot drink because we're all addicted to hot food and cooked food. So everything we yeah, have but is that, hydrocarbons. That's not helping anybody, man. That's not helping anybody. All this nervous laughter and cursing is not appropriate, I think. And then I will go down to the Rakino Island Nursery where I volunteer and I'll carry on. In the last, in June, we got 800 plants out of the Rakino nursery. I have a Dave, uh, David, you, um, you absolutely do not have to listen to anything that you don't want to listen to. That is your right, and that is something, if you wish to do that, just do it. You know, this is, this is what we do. This is how we live. And we've got, we're going to be having live streams and Guy is constantly shooting science updates and sharing the new science because there's 
always something new coming up. Oh, good. <laughs> we had to let David go because David was very confused about what accepting our, you know, what accepting our, um, you know, our situation looks like. Uh, Kevin and Guy are constantly being accused of giving up. Meanwhile, Kevin is growing thousands of plants on his island. And, and Guy is researching science constantly and sharing it with people. And uh, it's really, it's, it's very frustrating to be sitting here every day working our butts off and being told that we're giving up. It's really, really frustrating. <laughs> I should point out that all three of us are working our butts off for no pay. Yeah. Well, that's not what we've heard. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting yes. for those checks to come pouring in. In fact, in his latest episode, Tom Hartman just told a series of lies, as usual. I, I'm, I'm beginning to think he's a politician, uh, a spokesperson for the Democratic National Party. Oh, yeah. And he's a politician in that you can tell he's lying because his lips are moving. Anyway, we might get to that piece later. Pauline recorded a bit of it and has it ready to go. But first, Audrey, I think from Pennsylvania, is that the Audrey we know? Yes, this is the Audrey you know. I, you know, what David just said is just, you know, actually I was just going to start cursing about it because my experience of you is so vastly different. And I would definitely steer him towards one of your latest videos, The Four Pillars of Stoicism. And what you said about tribalism is so immensely important and touching to me because you do not just give the evidence, which is freely available. You work so hard. You've worked so hard, but you have that personal touch with people. You have that connection and everything that you have done has just has helped me through every stage of grief, including and very valued the gallows humor. But I wanted to share one thing. A couple days ago, my son does, um, uh, he connects interpreters with hospitals and doctors and, you know, it's the graveyard shift overnight. And I called him, he was very upset about how people were acting. And, you know, he's, he has um, some ear problems. So he was very, very upset. And I sent him your video. And he said, Mom, this is helping me immensely. And you did that for not only me and every part of your tribe, but my son. I'm shaking with gratitude and love. And he, now he's quoting you, Guy. That is so thank touching. You. Besides, thank you. And Pauline, my Pauline, the personal touch. And by the way, I want to hear those shaggy dog stories. Those are very valued. <laughs> Everybody says they want to hear them until they hear them. <laughs> thank you very much, Audrey. We love you. You make and... me laugh. I love you. Everyone should support you. It's just the most ridiculous thing that you don't have more views and more support financially in every other way. And Kevin, what echoes through my mind so often 
is be strong. Because you, you told me that a long time ago, and it still echoes through my mind when I need to be. You helped me, this tribe, you helped me to do what I must do, what I'm sworn to do, what is my honor and privilege to do in life, in, 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 in my spirituality, in everything. Pauline. I just, I have just tears of gratitude and joy. You're personal. You ask people, how are they doing? And you're so busy with everything. Not just this ongoing mass extinction, but your personal lives. You share from the heart, from the depths. And I, I am just so grateful to be part of this tribe. So thank you. And I love you all. Thank you so much, Audrey. We love you too so much. And we, you I know, know you're one of the Lucky. few. You're one of the few people that we know in person, and we're incredibly grateful to have you in our lives. Thank you. Thank you. I think those two callers personify where we are. We have <laughs> absolutely wonderful people like Audrey who have stood by us shoulder to shoulder through the whole storm. And then we have people like the previous caller who Trump pull out this whole thing about giving up as if there's something that we could do to, to stop the train after it's gone off the tracks. But it, it reflects exactly the, the, menta the um, messenger mentality of this culture. When the news isn't what the, the culture wants, it just stifles it. Exactly. Paul, are you still on the line? I think we have another caller. Paul, go ahead. Believe it or not, <gasps> Paul from Vancouver. <laughs> it's Paul. <Pablo. laughs> it's, it's Canadian Paul. It's Canadian Paul, believe it or not. <laughs> I actually am in, sitting in a quarantine hotel uh, right near the airport in Vancouver, having arrived three days ago, so I'm I'm here for another 11 days, and and luckily enough for me, there's a phone here, so that I thought I'll give it a try and see what's what. So, so that's all worked out, and I I have to just say thank you to all three of you. Love you guys. I'm I'm just kind of repeating what what everybody else but that one caller has done up to now, and so just yeah, it's it's wonderful to count you as friends and. Um, and it's been quite a journey all the way along through all the different shows and all the different locations. And, and yeah, so just thank you so much. Um, I, w I have a question for the three of you, and then I have a question for a comment for Kevin. Uh, the question for the three of you is, now that the show's ending, what, what are you going to do with all this extra time you've got on your hands? <laughs> I Hey, Paul, well, one of the things I'm going to be doing is drinking more beer like you and I did on the Inter-Island of Ferry when we were uh, traveling down south together. Um, well, I'll carry on with um, uh, my work at the nursery. And I'll also do a little bit of this kind of work. I think there's still some dots that can be connected, and especially as more data is coming out every single day, how quickly uh, the Arctic is falling apart. Because the, the, the mainstream media don't drill down and don't tell the truth, 
I'll still do these odd little things with possibly Guy and Pauline, um, with Justin and, and Joey with their program uh, collapsing with Casey. I'll carry on a little bit with things like that, but I really do think I need to um, get away from the machines and get out into the nature and, and you know, follow our own advice and just make the best of the time that we have together with well, nature. That, that sounds like good advice, and you kind of segued into what I was going to ask you or was going to make a comment. Because I'm in this hotel and I can't leave this room for 14 days, <laughs> I would really like it if I had your kegerator in here, but I'm out of luck, so, so that's that. <laughs> Uh, we all miss the kegerator, Paul. <laughs> Kevin, you got to get us kegerators, man. <laughs> anyway, that's, I, I won't keep you guys any longer because I'm sure you got a bunch more calls and the show is rapidly disappearing. So love all of you guys, and uh, thanks for doing it for all these years. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say for today. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure to hear your voice, Mr. Marcotte. Paul has been a guest on several of our shows, I think dating back to the very first one or shortly thereafter. I'd like to mention what for me was perhaps the most memorable show in the seven years we ran. Remember, we used to do this every week, and that's why there are, this is episode number 152 in seven years, is the long time we did this for every week. Surely among the most memorable shows was when I was going solo and I was interviewing Reverend Billy of the Church of Stop Shopping. Well, you were scheduled to interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and right up until the morning of the show, he had confirmed that he was going to be there. And then I sent a little message to the studio and asked if the guest is here. Nope. So I was on my own for the next hour. I was still on Facebook and Twitter at the time, and I was scrambling. I was sending messages and posting comments everywhere I could find. Please call in. I'm dying. Please call in. And fortunately, enough people called in, and I was able to stretch it all out so that there was a show that day. It was a quite good show. I don't remember a thing about it. I think I've got PTSD, or maybe that's just... My memory issues coming up again. <laughs> I thought it was a good show. Well, there wasn't any dead air, so by definition, it was a good show. Can I mention this? Yes, please. You know, I I don't know I don't know if uh, you saw this, Kevin, um, but apparently yesterday Tom Hartman mentioned our friend Guy. Um, when a woman called in, have you have you heard the recording yet? No, I haven't. Would you like to hear it? Yes, absolutely. And then, yeah, then we can talk about it. It's a woman named Chrissy. Chrissy called in. Chrissy called in. I'm going to hold this up here and I'm going to hit play. In Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Chrissy, what's on your mind today? Can we hear that? All right. Um, I hear everything you guys are talking about. And it sounds like the parents on peanuts, wah, 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 because literally I cared passionately about all of this stuff up until a couple of months ago when I joined a Facebook group called Faster Than Previously Expected, and I started learning how truly thing, 
adults have changed in the climate catastrophe problem. And it scares me so much because literally all I can think about is that we only have like a year or two left on this planet and it's going to get bad. Chrissy, and I feel like we Chrissy, should be stop. out in the street. Stop. We, don't, we have a lot more than a year or two left on this planet. And, and people can you put together. You don't understand the left to see all the methane. It's be, I mean, it's melting. The Arctic is melting. There are That's terrible like things happening. I agree with you. And, and, and they are things that have the potential to destroy civilization as we know it. Um, but not in the next year. It's going to be probably in the next 30 to 50, maybe 100 years. And no. it's, but life is getting tough. I mean, it was 116 degrees here day before yesterday. It has never been that yeah. way. We are seeing, we are seeing radical stuff. But, but I'm, but I'm telling like, you, Chrissy, there are people who are going, who are, who will use, you know, just like they reach out to the right to try to radicalize and freak people out and get them so terrified and so, so upset that they will then start throwing money at these people or giving them political power or, or get sucked into their cults. There are people on the left doing the exact same thing. Nobody's trying to extract money from me. I'm just yeah. looking at articles from scientists and NASA and all sorts of concerned citizen groups. You know, I had Guy McPherson on this program several years I... ago, Chrissy, talking about how we'd all be dead by now. Yes, I know. But it's like what's happening right now is like a game change. And I think that our governments should, all the world governments should be coming together to try and figure out how to do, you know, capture CO2 and put it in the cement or something. I not agree. just. I agree. And stop burning fossil fuels. I, you know, I completely yeah, agree. Completely. And there's, there's a lot that needs to be done and it needs to be done worldwide. And it's probably going to take a major disaster, sort of like, you know, the, 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 the apartment building collapsing down in or the condo collapsing down in Florida is now all of a sudden you got 170 buildings down there that they're, they're pulling in the inspectors. They're going to do something about it. it. It, you know, sadly, this is part of the human condition that we respond to disasters rather than to, uh, warnings. Uh, you know, it's the whole Cassandra story, but it is not something that we should be frightened by or crying about it's something that we should be energized by and getting active about and i'm literally terrified just well, every be. thought i have is like what does it matter we're going to be dead soon we're not and i'm not i'm not crazy Chrissy, I, don't I know you're not crazy I'm... the odds are you will die of old age and probably well, I, so will your I children you're right and, no i am right you know i'm <laughs> And, and I, you know, if you want to, if you, I mean, you know, I had this whole conversation just last week with Michael Mann, who's like one of the leading climate scientists in the world. And who, if you want an alarmist, I mean, he's the guy who invented the hockey stick that Al Gore popularized the whole idea that when it happens, it's yeah, going to happen really is. fast. And he's been, he's been brought up in the group faster than previously expected on Facebook. And, you know, they're calling him a shell and that he's given in. And he's yeah. Lying uh, to Chrissy, I'm, I'm telling you, number one, I don't. Out. Yeah, Chrissy, please don't promote that group on this program or anywhere else, because these, you know, this is 
this is one of the strategies that whether it's people, you know, whether it's trolls from Russia or Saudi Arabia or whether it's, you know, uh, you know, the fossil fuel industry trying to flip you out or whether it's well-intentioned people who are just like, you know, the world is going to end. I've been hearing that the world was going to. I remember in the 1970s, Hal Lindsey publishing a book, The Late Great Planet Earth. There were in the Christian right, they were convinced that the world was going to end by 1978. And Hal Lindsey sold millions of books and became very rich doing that. The, there are people who have agendas beyond just saving the world. It is important that we stop using fossil fuels as quickly as possible. And, and, you know, there's a lot that we can do. And the number one thing that we could do in the United States right now is, you know, more than half of all the fossil fuels that we burn in the United States are transportation and housing. And we can change that. We can heat our, our houses with electricity and we can run our cars with electricity and we can generate electricity in a sustainable fashion. And we can do that within a decade. It's just going to take six or seven trillion dollars. And so if we want to get there, rather than rather than promoting Facebook groups that are hating on scientists and, and encouraging people to be freaked out, what we need to be doing is is pushing politicians, particularly Democratic politicians, to say, yes, give us that six or seven trillion dollar you know, program through reconciliation and let's reboot this country. Let's build it back better and let's let's get things going. But you know, in their post, though, it's not like they're saying it in their post. It's like when you read down in comments, that's where that stuff comes I'm, from. It's yeah, their I'm, posts I'm, are just talking about facts. Yeah, about well, maybe. I can't speak to it. I haven't exactly. looked at the site, but I'm very familiar with with the sites like this, Chrissy. And I've been through them. I've written two books on this. I've done a deep dive into it. And it, it is terrible. It's a very serious situation. And hundreds of millions of people are going to be displaced by sea level rise all around the world. And, and, and I think, frankly, what we saw in Florida right now is the early stages of that. We're going to see large parts of the world have become you, uninhabitable for agriculture the, and things. But where, where all of our, our um, waste from nuclear power plants is stored right next to the nuclear power plants that are right by the ocean. Many of them, yes, absolutely. And there's, you know, the, you see, this is catastrophism. Yes, that is all true. And there are things we can do about it. And, and we need to be focusing on solutions rather than try to whip up hysteria. Chrissy, I'm, 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 I'm I, going I, I to... Want, I want solutions. I want action. I want action now. Then, I don't want... Then show up in, in your Madison, Wisconsin, show up in your local Democratic Party and, and, and say... I do. We, good. And keep on the pressure and keep pushing and reach out and start pushing every Democrat you can. Because right now, the Republican Party is not only no help in this, they are active. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> Apparently, Tom has become a spokesperson for the Democratic National Party. He says, quote, we respond to disasters. No, we don't. We don't even come close to responding to, to disasters. In addition, he clearly is unfamiliar or lying about the aerosol masking effect, and I know he knows about it, so he must be lying about it. And he invokes Michael Mann and the hockey stick that Mann no longer believes in. But importantly here, he lied overtly, claiming that I had predicted human extinction by now. I did not. I was on his show, Conversations with Great Minds, on April 4th, 2014, and I predicted human extinction by 2030 at that point. I then joined him on May 3rd, 2019, a little over five years later. And for the few seconds I was allowed to speak, 
I was promoting the idea of human extinction by 2026. Neither of those two dates, 2030 or 2026, have passed. They're not behind us. So Tom Hartman continues his job as a liar on behalf of the corporate media, and I can't say I'm surprised at all. I, I, I just, you know, it's, it gets very old and very tiring to be called shills for the fossil fuel industry. Kevin, aren't you tired of that? The catastrophism, he called it. I thought that's a lovely oh. word. We're catastrophists. Yeah, exactly. The only fucking home we have is on fire. <laughs> the There's an on. At the edge of extinction is incredible. The catastrophe has been underway for years, and to claim that it's not, to call people catastrophists is like... Mm, That's like calling a firefighter a catastrophist. Your yes. house is on fire. <laughs> or or a firefighter as as a derogatory term. Or by calling them a firefighter. You know, a, a quote from Marcus Aurelius in the Meditations comes to mind. It can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. And I know the three of us here work hard on maintaining our decent character and therefore precluding this kind of nonsense from ruining our lives. But damn, it's a close call every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. And, you know, he has Michael Mann on all the time, and they sit around talking about how long we have. We have so long, and, and that it's all not a big deal. And Michael Mann is not a biologist. Michael Mann is not an ecologist. Michael Mann doesn't go in the field. He sits at a computer. He works with models. And he has a 14-year-old daughter. He might be, he might have something else on his mind. We have a caller, Greg, on the line. Did Greg already talk? Did I forget about this No, part? Greg didn't Greg, talk. Greg, are you still there? And if so, <laughs> do you have something to say for yourself and for us? <laughs> Greg. While, while we're waiting for Greg, I want to get back to the liar, Michael. Hello? I, I, have a, I have a post on my website called uh, the, about the liar, Michael Mead. And what I've done is I've correlated um, different times where he's got up and completely spoken nonsense. The most recent piece of garbage that, that uh, ejaculated out of him recently was that he said if we stopped emissions tomorrow, which, as we all know, is impossible. So he's talking about an impossibility to start with. And he said if we stop emissions tomorrow, the warming will stop. Now, <laughs> I would like to have watched the look on every scientist on the planet's face when he said that. We all know there is a 10 to 30-year lag between emissions and their full effects being felt. For, for men to say that they would stop is it cannot be a mistake. It can only be described as a lie. Okay, we have our guest. Would you like to um, chip in, please? Hello? Yeah, go. Yeah, we got you, Greg. Yeah, how you doing? All is well, thanks. Is this the I Fucked It Up show? 
<laughs> no, this is a celebration of the work we've done over the last seven years. And I didn't fuck not... it up. I, but I want to say one thing. Fuck you, Tom Hartman. <laughs> and I you know, everybody else. <laughs> everybody else. I want to ditto everybody else. Mimi, Casey, Aubrey. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I love you guys. Thank you, the three of you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thanks for calling in. I think we have Daniel on the line. Daniel, are you still with us? No, he dropped. Okay. <laughs> Greg, what else do you have for us? I think he's gone. Oh, nothing. I just want to thank you. And I really enjoyed the the shows you've done lately. And I keep it going. I, keep us explaining. Well, that's one of the things we, re, we are going to continue to do, in fact, more frequently than the radio show. The radio show has been once a month for quite a while now, and we have decided to do a live stream with Kevin and Pauline and I every two to three weeks, depending upon how much time we have and how busy we are right at that particular mm -hmm. moment. So. If you subscribe to the Nature Bats Last channel on YouTube, you'll receive notification of those live streams coming your way. It, you know, okay. it's because of uh, scientists like Michael Mann that have actually made it harder to get good guests on the show. Uh, Guy was invited to a conference, and as soon as Michael Mann found out he was showing up at it, Michael Mann made it not happen, and uh, Guy was uninvited. So it, it's, you know, I think we'll be able to do more on our own and in, you know, with a little more leeway um, with in interviewing a, a variety of people or even just having these kinds of conversations. Right, and allowing other people who are from the general populace, like people who called in today, way in on the live stream as well. Right. So we're going to continue our work. And part of that work is trying to deal with people's emotions because this is a this is a difficult topic to handle, especially all by oneself. That said I think we're about at the end of this episode, Kevin. So do you want to take us on home? I will indeed. Um, I'd like to just say thank you guys for trusting me. I know that you've been I know that you've been attacked and stabbed in the back so in, incredibly often and you trusted me on this project with you and I, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, thanks to our contributors over the years and our listeners and callers today, as well as AfroZen for our theme music. You can no longer catch live episodes of NBL on PRN, um, but however, episodes will be played indefinitely each Tuesday of the month at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 a.m. on the first Wednesday of each month in, here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. As always, you can find shows in the archives at prn.fm, the Podbeam, and Stitcher, and feel free to uh, rate us on iTunes. Please continue to follow the Nature Bats last blog, guymcpherson.com, for further updates, interviews, and speaking tours, and you can keep up with my work at kevinhester.live. 
Remember, the dominant culture has been very clever, but in the end, nature bats last.